Episode number 14, this is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey, proudly sponsored by the Clooney Lions Charity Bullorama, July 2nd, Cooley Creek Farms, sanctioned by the Professional Bull Riders in Canada. One day only. One day only. Event. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. <laughs> Heard your first, folks. It's true. You're You've only going to need the edge. You know it. It's a hot event. It's going to be a dandy. Ugh. Beers are cold. Bulls buck good. Yeah. And... They have good roast beef on a bun. There you go. That's everything you need in a bull riding. What more do you want? Good bulls, good hot bull tracks. riders. Hot tracks only. Hey, we, we listen to some hot tracks coming into the podcast mm-hmm. and you get hyped up. Mm-hmm. Some meatloaf. It's pretty good. Mom, the meatloaf. The meatloaf. <laughs> but yeah, Clooney's going to be a heater. Last year, they were like reduced to standing room. They didn't have they didn't have enough room for everybody. Build they're going to build a coliseum. Call the Clooney the cl- Coliseum. <laughs> Make your way down. Clooney Coliseum, July 2nd. July 2nd. The first of six PBR Canada events in a row. Six days in a row. July really? 2nd, Clooney. July 3rd, 4th and 5th, Ranchman. July 6th, Edgerton. July 7th, Kelowna, the Monster Energy. That's hardcore. That is that is H-core, isn't it's it? Rodeo. Plus, one. July 11th is Kinsella, plus the Stampede's on in there from the 6th to the 15th. Jeez. Plus, Pinocchio finishes on the 2nd. Airdrie finishes on the 2nd. Nice. Dang. It's a, it's a rodeo Some one. Serious rodeo. Just Chris, rodeo. Cowboy Christmas. Yeah. Plus, yeah. Plus, uh, Lloyd Minster, July 13th. It's a good time to be a Heavy into the bull PBR riders. bull rider. Yeah. If you want to get on the bull, every day. We got some for you. Every day, you got bulls. Yeah. That's going to be insane run, though. There's going to be like lots of guys come up for that this year. There's usually quite a few, but it'll be even crazier this time. Oh, you, you like, well, and it's all within like, a, it's like 10 an days. hour. And like with the like driving distance, so oh, like a couple hours Clooney's an hour from Calgary. Yeah. Yeah, we're in, like, in Calgary. Close, and then Calgary's Edgerton's, close. what, a couple hours? Yeah, three or four hours. You're like five hours to Lloyd from here. It's not far. Uh, Clone is like a bit of a hike. Four but hours. It's a yeah, nice, it's just a nice six, drive. Though. Still all drivable. Everything's drivable. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. So, thanks to Slim Wilson bringing us in on the great family sponsoring the podcast. The first official sponsor, pretty exciting. Welcome, welcome to the show, friends of the show, friend of the show, best friend of the show, <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best <laughs> friend of the show. So today on uh, episode number fourteen already, we're Damn. talking to Brandon Tommy, the Canadian Parodio Sports Medicine team. They've got a golf tournament coming up nice. next uh, next week already, June fourteenth, Woodside Golf Course in Airdrie. It's going to be a dandy for a great cause. Are we going yet? I don't know if we're going yet. Oh, no. I think, well, we'll be there one way or another, but we haven't got oh, a team yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, if you got a team and you, like, want want some golfers. Do you want like, some average golfers? Yeah, if you want, if you just want, like, comedic support. Comedic relief. Comedic, comedic relief on the course. We like, could we, provide that. Yeah, we're no Dennis Halstead or Flint Rasmussen or Matt We're Merritt, pretty funny. But we're Brinson, but, you know, we've got a show. You could be a friend of the show. You want to bring us to the golf course. Yeah, if someone sponsors us a team, you can be a guest on the podcast. There you go. There it is. Maybe we should talk to our sponsor. Someone's <laughs> putting in a team. <laughs> so. So hey, so we got. So there's this golf tournament coming thing up for you. Yeah. That's it's sweet. Thursday. That'll I'm be good. To get out of work. Is all of the money going to the Pazbon Foundation, or is it being split between for the that two? for the golf? Yeah. Tournament? I think yeah. it's all going to the sports medicine team. Oh, nice. As far as I know, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be a very good cause. Heck yeah! Fun day. What else is going on? I guess I've just been. You out just east. got. You just got back. You've been gone gallivanting for a week. Tell the people. Yeah. What do you yeah. think of Eastern Canada, the Maritimes? Uh, well, I'd been to Halifax before the last time we had a PBR. Right. That this I was is the riding. first time you spent extended time. Yeah, the first time I really spent some Dubs time. Some tourist in. Last year, I stayed out after Quebec City and then got a ride over to Montreal and saw an aunt that I have over there. Stayed there for a night and then went. Uh, we had a big, nice ribeye steak. Saw some of Montreal, then went on to Ottawa. Last year, we got to see Parliament. JP Veach oh, showed yeah. us around Parliament. That was incredible. 
And then this time, we uh, went to Halifax. My brother and I went to, flew out to Halifax last Friday. And then, I guess two Fridays ago. I don't know. It was a while ago now. Did the event in Halifax. We had a huge crowd there. It was an outstanding event. Then we went over to Lunenburg. We saw the Blue Nose the day after the bull riding. And then we had some lobster there. So we had lobster, tw- we had lobster Friday night, lobster. Sunday night. And then we had lobster again Wednesday night. And then we could have had it again, but I was just lobstered out. It yeah, was a lot of lobster. That's one. That's about three too many days with lobster that's for a lot me. Of lobster. This is good though. So saw the Blue Nose, saw Lunenburg Sunday, Monday we saw Peggy's Cove. Went back to Halifax, look at a few things. We saw the Citadel in Halifax, some of Pier Twenty One. Uh, we figured out. I think it was in my great grandma's book, but she came to Canada first through Quebec City, like through the Saint Lawrence. Quebec. Yeah, on the, on the boat over there, and then took nice. the train all the way across. We we're trying to find my grandfather on my mom's side of the family. He came from Holland, and he landed in Halifax. Oh yeah, my my great grandpa would have came from would have came over there because he yeah. came from Sweden. It's kind of neat that they are that our That's relatives like, like first came to Halifax. Yeah, like, kind of neat contact for our, yeah for our people. So we didn't find that information, but we still checked it out and kind of saw a few things. So saw Halifax, and the next day we went over to uh, we were supposed to stay at a bed and breakfast, but we ended up going to Truro. Which is actually the hometown of Barry McGrath of the Calgary Stampede. He's from Truro, Nova Scotia. Oh, really? a horse racing track there. We got stayed in a really nice hotel there for a few, for like three nights. That was kind of our home base. We went to PEI on Tuesday. We went across the Confederation Bridge. Really? Oh, man. It was... That's exciting. Saw Charlotte, a little bit of Charlottetown. My brother brought a sweater, hand-knitted in Charlottetown. Does it say Charlottetown? No, it doesn't. Oh, it wasn't one of those tourist sweaters? No, it was, real, like, it was a real cool like wool sweater. Sweet. We came back to Truro. The next day, we went over to Moncton and then kind of came around to the Hopewell Rocks in the Bay of Fundy. Saw the huge tides there. We didn't walk around down on the... We came. We went, ended up there at high tide, which was interesting. But Hopewell Rocks, really cool spot. Is that the like the elephant rock thing? I want to say probably. Yeah, because I, I think that was in your thing. That's cool. Probably. I would, yeah. That'd be really neat to see. It was cool. And then, so we came back home after that. And then we went... The next day, we went over... That would have been Thursday. We drove all the way out to Cape Breton on the island out there and went and golfed at Cabot Cliffs, which is like the top rated golf course in the whole country. Nice. Unreal golf over there. It was super cool. So we went and saw that golf there Thursday. And then How many drove, balls did you lose? Uh, Probably like 10 <laughs> each. Like we bought a bag of like 48 and we lost most of them. <laughs> Tough most round for the boys. Tough round. But it was super cool, like incredible golf course. The only place I could compare like parts of it to would be like the West Coast of California. I guess the only coast of California, but like far west coast though, like Pebble Beach, like down like that way, it was incredible. And then there was parts of it like the the cliffs, like they built the golf course on the cliffs. Like there's literally one hole where I felt like I was getting vertigo, like I was gonna fall over when I was trying to hit this golf ball because it was like we were right on the cliff and I was like looking in the ocean and it was like yeah, but that's cool. Unreal events. And Thursday night we got to Moncton and uh, Friday morning we were at the event getting set up saturday we had a sold out show in moncton unreal crowd i was actually the last ticketed event in that venue there's a new venue there next year so right that's cool that's mm-hmm. exciting yeah so lonnie won that event uh the week before marcus won again so but brock radford was third in moncton meaning he's back in the number one back spot number one pbr candidate where standings. he wants to be exactly so yeah those guys are riding a heater though heading into the global cup that's awesome which to is see. this weekend so make sure you tune in on ride pass check that out global cup Gonna be a dang Australia, mate. Yeah. I just talked to Tanner Byrne today, Aaron Roy. Talked to Lonnie after the win, so we got a couple cool stories coming with those guys this week. I got a question for you guys, for everybody listening. Make sure if you're listening or not, this will be a test for you. But I'm writing another story talking about the greatest 
Canadian bucking bulls of all time, and I want to hear your thoughts on what bull is the best bull that you think Canada. I don't know. Still writing about it. It depends on criteria is part of it. So you go off like accolades, I guess. Yeah, accolades would be Slash because he's got the most, went to the world finals most amount of times, and you know has all those titles. I would say, right? The only one he's missing is probably like Calgary, um, and he never went to the NFR either. So there's other bulls that have been in more places, but I think he's got to be right up there, one of the top ones for accolades. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about bucking bull, based on the stats, it would probably be Shiver and Shake from the Kesslers. Mm, if you're going based on the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he never went to any PBR events, so how do you judge that, yeah. right? But then when I went to the, went to Justin Keeley's brand, like the Keeley's branding the, the day before Halifax, before we flew to Halifax, Ian McKay and Ty Streeter thought uh, I'm a gangster would have been the best bull ever from up here too. So Oh, really? Yeah, so you mm-hmm. count the, do we count the ones that go south? I think we have to because they tested They're against Canadian the best bulls. guys. Yeah. yeah. So uh, go back, yeah, go back to that. I think that's... I don't know. It's going to be an interesting conversation. It's going to be a good debate. So I want to hear what everybody has to say because I'm going to write that here in the next little while. Sweet. That's cool. Yeah. What do you think? I like that trick-or-treat bull from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Big Brindle. Did you know that uh, Ellie Scory raised that bull? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Lane told me that last week. That's cool. I said, he's a cool old bull. I liked yeah. him. And yeah. who was 97 on him at? The oh, Sugar Ray? Yeah, that bull. I like him. Okay. Well, well that old, was those are old. Scott old Redding school. wrote that. Scott Redding, that's what it was. Another one is Millennium, right? Mm-hmm. From, uh, from I want to say, Don Carlisle raised that bull and went uh, down to the States. Yeah, it's hard. We we'll can, it's hard so hard to compare the bulls from that era too, right? Oh yeah, when we didn't see them, we don't know the like. Yeah. there's no all stats have kept videos. on them. It's all kind of like opinion then. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Well, I thought it was a cool conversation. Started. Very cool conversation. And then after that story, sometime I'm gonna rank like so. I'm gonna rank the top bulls. I think I'm gonna go through a do list a countdown. Like do it like do a countdown or do something like that. Nice. And then I want to do one of the top bull, best bull rider ever from Canada. Who would that be? Who do you think it is? I asked Scott Schiffner because he's probably the winning. I think he'd be the winningest winningest bull, Canadian bull rider ever. But he said Gid Garstad because he's. Won, I think he won Canada six times. Wow. I believe, right? I think Wolf Gurlitz has six as well. I have to look back mm-hmm. at the record books. There's some stuff that I kind of forget sometimes. But yeah, kind of interesting. That'd be, right? That would be really cool. I like, like to see what people have to say. Yeah, and like Aaron Roy's won over a million dollars in the PBR alone. Aaron would be one. Actually, I don't think he has yet. I think he's getting really close though. But yeah, Aaron would be one just because it's Aaron. He'd be in the top few for sure. Yeah. And then you gotta, you gotta, you know, who do you consider in that top list? Like it's kind of, it's really interesting, you know. And Glenn. where do you rank a guy like Ty and Glenn? And mm-hmm. what do you do? Yeah, it's. I thought it intriguing. That's I want really, people. That'll be really. That'll be really cool. Yeah. I like that idea. So I'm working nice. on it. Nice. Working on it. Nice one. I'm just mostly by working on it right now. I'm just thinking about it. I haven't really done much. Single yet, p- finger pistol for you. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> we better. Uh, we better finish up this segment though. So uh, coming up next, we got Brandon. Brandon Tommy. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. This is episode number fourteen. Damn. Yeah. Here's Brandon. Here's Brandon. <laughs> Episode number 14. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. And this afternoon, we're talking to Brandon Tommy of the Canadian Pro Rodeo Sports Medicine Team, among many other things. Brandon, why don't you start off by telling us what are, what what all is it that you do? From a rodeo standpoint? <laughs> yeah, let's start with that, and then we'll get into the other stuff after that. All right. Well, I'm the uh, vice president of the Canadian Pro Rodeo Sport Med Team. I've been doing this for the last better part of 14 years, which I look back, and that's pretty crazy. I started as just a student athletic therapist, and, you know, throughout just kind of doing it and wanting it to succeed, we've kind of got to where we're at. And during the week when there isn't rodeos, uh, so I guess early in the week. Mondays, Tuesdays. Mondays and Tuesdays. The occasional Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday, yeah. yeah. We're kind of organizing, you know, the next rodeo or the next couple rodeos or um, 
we're getting ready for those those rodeos and and you know scheduling people and making sure that the trailers and trucks and everything's fueled up and supplied up and and uh, ready to go for the next crew earlier in the year like in january there's a a crew of three other people our massage therapy coordinator our our chiropractor coordinator and then our athletic therapy coordinator they all you know we all four of us sit down and they map out who's going where and what and for of our 59 practitioners that um work during during the year um and then you know uh, John sends out a bunch of logistics emails, uh, making sure that people know where they're staying and who they're traveling with and how they're traveling and all that sort of stuff. Um, once the season gets going, my role changes a little bit, I guess. You know, when guys get injured, I'm usually the first one that they phone and we're sorting them out whether or not they need to go and see, you know, a, an athletic therapist or a massage therapist or a physician. Or We work with physicians from all across Western Canada so that the guys don't have to, guys and girls don't have to travel so far. Um, you know, we have uh, sport med physicians in BC, Alberta, North and South, uh, Saskatchewan, Regina, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Brandon, all the way out there. And so I'm, my days are are amongst other things filled with you know receiving phone calls helping out with doctor's notes getting guys sorted getting girls sorted where they need to go who they need to see what's our next steps moving forward and then letting all those practitioners kind of know what's going on with each one of those guys that's kind of the the day-to-day logistics more rodeo to rodeo or bull riding to bull riding logistics i guess some of the other stuff that we got going on that i got going on is you know working on you know, helping out with, you know, whether it's trying to persuade people to, you know, get into concussion protocols or, you know, the mental health pieces to help and do websites and social media. And we're working on some programs right now for mental health and wellness of the cowboy through the Ty Posbon Foundation. We're also working on videos. My wife, Tori, is obviously heading up that project, but I'm closely related to making sure that, you know, we're all on the same page and doing it that way. So we got the videos going on. We got that going. We got you know, and making sure, well, like you and I were just talking about, there's a couple bull ridings that just popped up and now we got to find more people to go. So figuring out logistics for that stuff. So it gets quite busy. And that that's not everything either. Like talk about your previous work and with the, whether it be with the Abbotsford Heat or with the number of different organizations you've been with before. You, we were just in Moncton this last weekend and you said you guys won a national title in that same building. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started rodeo right from school, but after that, there was, um, you know, right from U of C, I moved to the University of Alberta where I worked there for four years with their traveling with their men's hockey team and treating all their varsity athletes in, the, in there. That was when we won the uh, national championship in 2008 in that building where we were this past weekend. So that was kind of neat to be back there. From there, I moved down back down actually. Four minutes after the final buzzer rang in Moncton, actually, I got a phone call from uh, my boss, Shad Ricky at UFC and he said okay you won your national championship now do you want to come back down to the University of Calgary I ended up going moving back down there a couple of reasons a I wanted to work with him but b it was tougher to rodeo from Edmonton being as all of our trailers and everything were in Calgary so I moved back down to Calgary and worked there for two years and then he went over to the Calgary Flames after that and decided their head therapist actually asked me if I had ever wanted to work in pro hockey and I worked at UFC for two years before moving over to the Calgary Flames and traveling with the Abbotsford Heat. Abbotsford was a little bit tougher. Obviously, we traveled a lot. We were on the day, on the road for 100 days that year, which was a little bit crazy. And so we decided that uh, we were going to move back to Calgary. And uh, that's when we started up Prairie Therapy. And throughout all of that, 
um, I continued to do rodeo and so winters were filled with hockey and summers were filled with rodeo and then we moved back to Calgary and started prairie therapy and just continued to travel with hockey just did it just in a different perspective with the uh, edge school instead you know we we did some equipment work with the UFC dinos hockey team and you know went to some Canada West championships with those guys and doing lots of stuff that way but I mean now we our week is filled with prairie therapy and seeing patients in there and running that business and weekends are filled with wintertime going traveling with hockey and summertime traveling with rodeo and and trying to make a difference there too so we got lots of different things on the go anyway and when you say we that's you and john reinbolt that's for the for prairie therapy that's right yeah and you guys work together a lot of the weekends of the year in the with the sports medicine team too we do yeah not as much as we would probably like to we do a couple events together, him and I, just because it's fun to, to do those, just travel him and I. Actually, this weekend, him and I and Tori are going to Moose Jaw, so that'll be kind of fun to, to get on the road and travel with John again. And then we usually will do one or two other rodeos together, just because we can't do them all together. Somebody's got to be at the clinic or, or vice versa, keeping that thing going too, so... Speaking of going to Moose Jaw, a lot of these bull ridings are new in the past year and a half. Talk about that and what's happened with the Ty Posbon Foundation and how the schedule for the sports medicine team has pretty much doubled in the last year. From the beginning, about in 2000 and I want to say 2006 maybe, our sport med team went to all those all those events, all the PBR events. And then for whatever reason and reasons I'd, I'm not privy to knowing, I have no idea. I wasn't around. I mean, I was around, but wasn't in the know of the actual logistics and how everything and the relationship building and all that sort of stuff kind of went away. And our team, I mean, PBR didn't go away, but we went away from working them. And I don't know why or how or what, but um, after the passing of Ty last January, it was, uh, um, you know, the foundation was formed. And, you know, obviously you being a big part of that, that... Uh, they wanted to make it a mandate for the health and safety of the athletes. And so last year was a little bit tough because it was, you know, in February or March when it was like, here are you guys, we want you guys to go to all these. And normally it would be logistically going, okay, can we get to all of them or, or anything? But because of that and how close we all were to it, we just said yes. And we just went and we made the best of it and tried to figure out how new, knowing or knew that it would get better you know, logistics and everything like that and payment and how all that sort of stuff worked, knew, knowing that it would get better the, in the years to come, we said yes and away we went. Well, that added another, I want to say, 57 performances to our already 120, you know, and so we went from all of a sudden 120 performances to 160 like overnight or 170 overnight and it was good because everybody bound together within our team and we just made it work. And I think that a lot of that, us going and being there has changed the, the mentality and the cowboy culture of, of um, you know, of treating it more like a professional sport. I mean, he, Tanner Byrne talks about it a lot, about how he's now treating it like a professional sport, not just with head injuries, but with injuries, period. When he gets injured, he's taking a lot more time to heal up and make sure that he's ready before he gets back on again, which you know is a differing mentality than everything else and I think us being in those places and educating a lot of those those cowboys and those bull riders has helped when I first started we weren't going to that many I want to say maybe 19 events maybe 19 yeah, events because it was events and now we're at yeah you know 60 events or more right so we've tripled at least since then and when was uh, that that you started I started in 2004 2004 so 14 years ago we didn't go to very many 
and now here we are going to that many. Our deal always was we wanted to be a one rodeo every rodeo weekend so that guys and girls could at least see us once throughout that weekend. Barring the kind of one-off rodeos that happen, you know, here and there, we've pretty much hit that. And then on top of that, all of the other rodeos and associations that we're working with, including the PBR and the CCA and the BRC and all those. So it's good because I, I truly believe that education is the forefront of, of sports medicine. And us being there and being able to educate guys. Um, if any of you saw the post that the sports medicine team posted from from uh, Moncton about teaching a man how to fish, we taught Lonnie West how to tape his wrist. That means that we don't have to be there when... You know, if he goes to an event where we're not there, he's still safe because he knows how to do it himself. And so I think that education piece is key to everything that we do, and we'll continue to kind of build those pieces. Talking about the education part of things, as you just mentioned, teaching Lonnie how to tape his own wrist, you've talked, I want to say Brett Monty knows how to tape his own ankles, like all that kind of stuff. That's part of it, and you guys are at those, used to be at those one events per weekend. But now it's more like two or three sometimes, four was the other day. Talk about what happened with Ty and how the education is starting to get there and it's starting to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. It became very forefront when, you know, guys started. It's not it's not so much the fact that concussion that we're more aware of concussions. They're there. We've always been aware of them. It's the guys within our sport now are becoming more aware of it themselves. Maybe they're more scared now that something more severe can happen from just a concussion. And so they're kind of watching out for each other. It's interesting when I get text messages or phone calls from certain guys when I'm not there, when our team's not there, saying, hey, so-and-so got knocked out tonight, you might want to check on him. That's cool. That stuff didn't happen five to seven years ago. Probably didn't, didn't happen, happen two or year, three years two ago. Two or three years yeah. ago. And so it's neat that way. Or, you know, shoot boss is coming up to me and saying, hey, can you check on so-and-so before he gets back on again? All of that sort of stuff is key to us managing these head injuries and and uh, injuries period and so we all need to kind of come together and and do it together and it's not just you know oh you're being a baby you need to get back on anymore you know we need traveling partners to be together with traveling partners and realizing that you know if your traveling partner is not right you need to say something to your traveling partner that you know maybe he needs help maybe he needs to get his ankle looked at or his head looked at or whatever not just oh you're being a baby get back on again because there are certain injuries where that's okay. And then there's other ones like concussions that isn't, it's not okay. And so that's kind of where we're trying to make our biggest, our biggest push now is in the education um, of competitors, of in arena f- officials, of, you know, everybody, not just us, so that we all know what's going on and what to look out for. Tell me what those uh, educational videos look like that you're making with the foundation right now. What's going to be in them? What's the topics? What's the themes? What do they look like? When can we expect to see them? Yeah, absolutely. So we started with the top two, obviously. There's going to be a series of, of videos that will come out eventually. The first two videos that we're doing, the first one's on concussions. Very self-explanatory, very, you know, very rodeo-specific concussions. There's lots of videos out there on concussions for soccer players and hockey players and football players but none of them are rodeo specific and so a lot of guys can say when they watch those ones oh that's a hockey player that wouldn't happen to me when we then get into you know rodeo specific and what it looks like then it becomes a lot more real for for competitors so the first one is on concussions and it'll have 
you know, some talks from some competitors that have been through it. Some that have had to retire because of it and made a very hard but wise choice. Others, you know, the other part of the video, there'll be some doctors talking about baseline concussion testing and and the testing that happens after and what to watch out for and all that sort of stuff. There'll be some talks from, you know, our members talking about some different things. The second video that we're doing is on the mental health and wellness piece. And so that's more of a, I don't want to call it a darker look at it, but it's its a lot more meaningful in a sense that it's about the depression, it's about the anxiety, it's about the, you know, maybe it's about the CTE, the effects of concussions. It's about how to treat all that stuff and you're not okay or you don't feel like you're okay. Well, now what? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? How do I get help? How do I know I'm okay? Or how do I know I'm not okay? And so that one's got, again, some some psychology pieces to it and and some different things that way but then we lighten it up at the very end of that one because the other part of the mental wealth and health and wellness piece is the sports psychology piece maybe it has to do with the fact that you're not riding very good or not roping very good maybe it's not physical at all maybe it's something in your head that's stopping you from roping fast or getting on a bull and maybe you're making it to seven seconds but you can't get over that hump what else is there and so there's a piece from a from an olympic sports psychologist who works with a bunch of olympians and he he does a little bit of piece on 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 that sports psychology piece and how you can kind of get get around that too so the first two videos were um they were a little tough kind of getting around to, to start with but now that they're kind of coming together and kind of doing the initial cutting on them where everybody involved including the editors and and guys are are getting really excited when can we expect them we're looking to hopefully roll them out near around the calgary stampede spot we may preview them prior to that but we're hoping we're kind of aiming for that calgary stampede kind of in and around that one when everybody in calgary you know there's lots of hype going around about everything and everybody's excited about rodeo and i think it'll be a really good time to to roll those out what else do you think needs to change still with the way the sports medicine team goes to the events and with what the foundation is doing or what else do you think needs to change what needs to happen we talked about protocol and there still kind of isn't protocol at certain times but what else needs to happen what else what would you like to see happen too the biggest thing that i you know moving forward with all of this stuff you know we talk about protocols and lots of people talk about them and the nhl has a very good one the nfl has a very good one we put one together and we introduced it at the the canadian pro rodeo association agm last year we basically took the nfl protocol the nhl protocol and we kind of rolled with it as far as what it looked like and rodeo specific and that's one thing you know introducing some sort of protocol within within our sport that isn't there definitely needs to change but i mean the biggest thing with that is that unless there's somebody there to enforce a protocol doesn't really matter if there's one anyway and so our biggest push now is to kind of try to get us at more events and be there so that we can if they if if associations decide that they want a protocol that we're there to enforce it and we're there to help them kind of guide it and work with it so that's kind of where we're at right now we you know if we can get to every Every CPRA, every PBR, I mean, we're going to most PBRs and and most CPRA rodeos, but there's still a few left there that if we're not at one of those and somebody gets a concussion or gets hurt, it's kind of just left left to them to figure it out. And so more so than having a protocol, which we already have in place, it's trying to get us to all those. So then when a protocol does come into place, um, it can be enforced. And we talked about this before. It may not necessarily be 
yourself like you can't really be the guy that tells them to not that they can't that a guy can't compete or or a lady can't compete there's almost another set of another person or a few more people that that actually make those calls like there might be spotters which are judges or rodeo officials or bull riding officials but they're still getting you there is the first step then getting protocol enforced is another yeah absolutely it is definitely one of the things that you know if we get everybody there but there's lots of different ways that we can try to enforce stuff like this obviously every minor hockey team doesn't have an athletic therapist or somebody there right and so again that's where we think that that education piece is is key but on the second hand of that every nhl hockey player definitely has that there right and so if we want this our sport to be continuing to move towards being a what we call a professional sport that's something that we need to move towards every professional rodeo athlete should have the ability to see the people that they need to see on a on a weekly or daily basis there's lots of different ways we could go with spotters obviously that's a cheaper version they have spotters in the nhl they have spotters in the nfl but they also have those guys on the sidelines too. So there's lots of different ways that you can go about doing it. The truth of the matter is the education piece and informing guys when guys and girls that they shouldn't get on when they have a concussion or who to seek help when they do have one. That's kind of more important to me, but definitely moving towards some sort of protocol so that guys aren't getting the second impact syndromes and, and the different the other differing things that, you know, um, come along with with said concussions is there anything you want to tell anyone to kind of try not to scare them off a bit i guess part part of it is knowing what the problems are and knowing what the symptoms are some people might be overreacting different times and i I just want to kind of touch on that a little bit before we go any further the biggest thing that i want everybody to realize is that we're not trying to change bull riding we're trying to make it safer for everybody in the context of bull riding or in the context of rodeo we all do this because we we like the sport we love the sport that's why we're here that's why we all do it including the riders including the officials including the sports medicine everybody does it because they love rodeo we're not here trying to change the sport we're trying to make it safer for everybody we're not trying to scare anybody away from getting on a bull or scare anybody away from getting on a a steer or a bucking horse or anything like that and so the biggest thing is is if you take a knock to the head just make sure you're all right some people you're right I run into lots of sports where people over exaggerate and and that's kind of the one of those things where having qualified people that know what to look for is key to that whole thing there's lots of different testing and there's lots of different symptoms and lots of different ways to tell whether or not somebody has a concussion none of which it's not like a blood test where we can prick your finger and say you have a concussion it's very individual based and so the biggest thing is is having those certified people there those knowledgeable people there to make sure that all of that stuff is okay the canadian cowboy classic golf tournaments come up here next thursday just under 10 days away it's at the woodside golf course in airdrie let's uh, talk on talk about that event started last year this is the second one already tell us about it yeah we were actually two years ago at the cfr and there's quite a few people on our organizing committee that really like golf and they thought maybe we should organize a golf tournament it could be lots of fun to have a bunch of cowboys actually when we go way back we used to go golfing in the crete all the time and you see all the cowboys that love to golf and we thought 
why the heck not? Maybe we should make a goal. <laughs> why, why don't we do one closer to home? Why don't we do one closer <laughs> to home? It was a pretty big success last year as far yeah. as I'm concerned. We had lots of people come out, lots of good sponsors and, and lots of guys that wanted to get involved. So it should be another good one this year. How do they get entered and what are the fees? Tell us the, the details. The golf tournament's on the 14th. Pancake breakfast starts at 7.45. Shotgun starts at 9. To get entered up, go to the website, www.canadian cowboyclassic.com from there it'll take you over to the woodside golf course website where they can uh, register right online there we have a couple presenting sponsor things left over or two presenting sponsor spots left those are five thousand dollars a piece two or three maybe whole sponsors left if that then we can accommodate about 10 more teams before it's completely sold out which uh you know moving forward when i i would never have thought in our second year we could have a completely sold out 36 team team event but uh the support's been been really good what did you guys raise at it last year it was it was a huge number last year we ended up raising twenty four thousand dollars total for the sports medicine team in our first year and obviously we're looking to build on that again oh yeah what did the money raised go to what what was it directed at it goes to a lot of different things last year it would have helped us kind of get going on our emergency medical records as well as the um Mona Smiles Foundation, Ty and Haley Elliott and Vernon Clay donated some money towards our electronic medical records. And so some of it went to that, some of it went to helping redo our 2008 Dodge yeah. truck so it can start getting down the road. That's going to be a cool project. Keep an eye out for that truck when it's rolling down the road here pretty quick. And two more, and you guys redid the, both trailers and too, we right? had to redo, And bought a new trailer. We had to redo both trailers and we bought, we got another one, another brand new trailer donated from the Edmonton Cowboys Benevolent Foundation. Yeah. Um, again, another huge supporter with those guys it goes towards a lot of different things keeping us going down the road but we're always looking to kind of build we want to take i mean again we you and i talked about this for the ski race we're we want to bring rodeo in a different way to a lot of different populations yeah ski race is one way golfing is another way right there's lots of there was actually interestingly enough last year there was a tournament going on another one by by mistake they they put another tournament on (laughs) good thing we didn't sell ours out or they'd have been in deep trouble but uh, we had lots of people from the other tournament playing our games and interacting with our cowboys and if we can get rodeo out to some of those people it's just going to benefit our our whole sport so we want to have some fun we want to raise some money and and uh, see how it goes heck yeah so brandon you said you just got seven text messages from from cowboys with new injuries and stuff what what all happened over the weekend it's monday today yeah i'm just looking for some doctor's notes on they see our team members or whatever and and end up going back to a going to a doctor and then realizing you know, the sport med team was right and they need to take some time off. (laughs) (laughs) So guys are, you know, they're looking in, they're looking to find out to get into, to uh, either a physician or actually one of them is looking for a workout, long-term workout plan so that he can be ready when he comes back from his injury. And yeah, it's never ending around these parts. Yeah, I guess not. But this podcast has to end at some point and uh, we usually end it with what our guest's definition of cowboy shit is. So I think this one should be interesting. This the one floor, should be the floor is yours. <laughs> to me, cowboy shit means the shit that cowboys do. That could be anything <laughs> from cowboys golfing to yeah. our hockey pool. That yeah. was cowboy shit. Why? Because <laughs> that was cowboys doing shit. Yeah. It's just cowboys doing people things. It's just cowboys doing people things. <laughs> In our terms, they're just people, cowboys doing shit. <laughs> this is what we do. It's just what we do. That's right. Cowboy Fair shit. Enough. Cool. Okay, well, thanks, Brandon. I appreciate you coming into the uh, the Everything Cowboy World Stu- Headquarters, beautiful Calgary, Alberta. 
Appreciate you coming by. Yeah, thanks, Ted. <laughs> All right. This is Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. We're on to episode number 14, proudly presented by the Clooney Lions Charity Bullorama. Yeah. Clooney, Alberta, July 2nd, Cooley Creek Farms. Be there. Or be, be there. square. Whatever. What does that mean? You're a square if you don't show up. Yeah, so you should show up. Yeah, so you should be, be there. Don't be a square. We're going to be there. We're going to be. We're gonna have a podcast live on location with Slim coming up for the next show. Yeah, I didn't tell you that yet. We've been planning it. Like, is, be, he coming, is he coming here or we have to go there? We're going to go somewhere and meet him there and record the podcast. And I think they might be providing us beers. Oh, so we're going to go to his house. No, like we're going to go to a brewery, like one of his sponsors. A brewery. Yeah. Oh. It's going to be a day. That sounds like trouble. It's going to be pretty cool. Cool. I'm, I'm excited say. for that. You should be. Nice. You should be. So that's the next episode. But on this episode, thanks again, Brian and Tommy, telling us what's going on with, Thank you. with things. Mm-hmm. Sports medicine business. Like, interesting stuff on the it's, go. It's, like, it's a lot of work to get things rolling, too. It's crazy. Like, remember, like, when we were talking the other day, we all went for supper. It's like, they went from having, like, a handful of events their, yeah, first, 19, year, or their first year started, and now they, they had, like, five in one weekend. Yeah. A couple, like, a few weeks ago. Like, it's crazy what they do. It's it's impressive. The sweet, the athletes are pretty lucky to have that at their disposal. It's true. Or, Origins Brewery. Tuesday, June 12th works best for them. How's it work for your calendar? Nicely. Nicely. So that's where we're tape our next episode. June twelfth, or sweet, Brewery. it's gonna be a dandy. Thanks too. This could be like Clooney a new. Lions, this could be like a new thing. Could be a new it, thing for us to yeah, do on location. You know, we're gonna do some stuff like that. Because the once we get rolling in the summertime, we'll probably do one from the Stampede Ground. Oh my god, yeah, that's gonna be cool. Yeah, that'd be it's the one. Be that'd time. be that's the one to have Flint on. Yeah, we'll get Flint on for that one for yeah. sure. Yeah, probably our buddy Richard Jones. He'll probably be around for that too. We could just do crush out. Well, I think we're gonna have a barbecue at the house. The week before the stampede, like Wednesday, Thursday, because I don't have to work ranchmans this year, so nice. we're gonna be gonna be at the house, and it's gonna be sweet. I can bring, I can round up some booze. I know a guy. Oh, you know, you do, eh? Yes. All right. <laughs> what else we got to talk about in this episode? I'm uh, not really sure. What's coming up in the next couple weeks? On my schedule is the High River Guy Guy Weedick Days. In High oh, River. great, great rodeo. Yep. WPCA Chuck Wagon races. And the week after that, we're in. Uh, Airdrie, June 28th to July 2nd. Then we're in Clooney, July 2nd as well. Oh, yeah. Then on to the Calgary Stampede. Jeez, it's going to get heavy Kelowna, here right away. July 7th on the Monster Energy Tour. We got a bunch of stuff. That's so sweet. The best thing to do right now is check your calendars for the rodeos because they're everywhere. If you feel like going to a rodeo, there's probably one close to you if you live in Alberta yeah. or Saskatchewan. RodeoCanada.com, PBRCanada.com. Check them out. Check it out. Get to them. Go oh, to rodeos. Go support be it. Be sure to check out the Boulay Boots Pro Rodeo Report, now back on Everything Cowboy, written by Alberta Sports Hall of Fame inductee Diane Finstad. <gasps> She's awesome. She she writes really well. We got to get her She's on. She's a nice person. We do. She's awesome. She's on the list. Yeah. She's on She'd the list. She'd be great. We're going to do that at some point. I remember watching her on the Make and Eight videos. Yeah. Those she were... was talking about the induction uh, in the Alberta Sports Hall of Fame there, that she went, was around a bunch of the TV crew again, so she was reminiscing about That's that. That's cool. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. And also, the Everything Cowboy Radio Network, newly formed, is the broadcast of the Calgary Stampede, 96.5 CKRY in Olds. Nice. Rural Radio. That's worldwide, baby. Worldwide. Worldwide. Wide, wide, wide. Yeah. And on Streaming Live on Everything Cowboy. Both That's weekends so cool. of the Calgary Stampede, the first weekend and the last weekend. It's going to be pretty cool. That's so exciting. You'll hear Wacy and myself. I'm on. On the broadcast. I'm in it. Just like the Canadian Finals Rodeo, hopefully, we don't have a plan on that yet, but hopefully we get back on there too. I'm sure we will. Yeah. 
They can't do it. Well, though. hopefully you get back. That's gonna be you now. So maybe they can get both of us. Yeah, maybe we should just host the whole thing. We do. We can do cowboy shit that's, live. That's on gotta be like every night. That's what, start, what we should do is we just should start do cowboy taking, shit every night. Taking it over. Do an episode every night of the of the. We could collaborate with CFR. them and like get it on your radio network, and we get it on rural radio. It probably already is, but. Yeah, we haven't got to that part yet. We got to get through Calgary first. So that's exciting stuff coming up this year. If you can't get enough of us, listen some more. There's more. There's more to go. There's more to go. Never enough. Uh, what else happened on the weekend of the rodeo business? I saw Zeke Thurston won the Wildwood Bronc riding. Jake Gardner won his first pro rodeo in Grand Prairie. Ooh, that's a big win. 88 and a half on Crooked Nose from the Vold Rodeo nice. string. Lonnie won. Lonnie Leduc won LeDuc. Yesterday. Yeah. Pretty- Didn't sleep. Just went right to LeDuc from Moncton. He's rolling. Yeah, he is rolling. They're all going to the Global Cup here. We talked about that already. But What was the other one? Hand Hills. Jared Hand won Hand Hills. Hills. He won Hand Hills. We're right on. And that's then, our boy. So there was one more, wasn't there? No. No, just the three. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Boys are rolling. That's Team Canada. Boys are rolling. Except for, well, Jake, but you know. It's true. It's, it's sweet. Good. It's Team Canada. It's Team Canada, and they're rolling. So, what do you think? What do you think those guys' chances are to win this thing? Uh, like I think it's pretty good. Pretty good, I'm yeah. Saying. I think it's all going to come down to the what bulls they get, think and so. like it's good that I think the fact that Dakota's taking a few weeks off here and Tanner's taking a few weeks off to like get healthy. Yep. I think that's a good advantage, and then the fact that Brock and Lonnie, and even like Wace, a guy like Wace and Jared, like they're all riding so good right now that they're in a good spot to be going into that event. It's true. Well, I want to get back to our. Talk about the greatest bull riders of all time from Canada. We <laughs> really got some interesting segment stuff. one. Segment one. We did some more research in the back. meantime, and we got a, like a preliminary list. It's a long list. Yeah, we just uh, there's a lot of scratch in my paper here. But we started out. We think that uh, the top of the list has to be the five all the five time Canadian champions. No doubt. So they're going to share probably the top spot. Leo Brown, Kid Garstad, Wilf Gerlitz. They've all got five titles. We That's think it. they have to be at the top. Can't not. Yeah. The number two, we're thinking Scott Schiffner based on million Captain and a half Canada. career earnings, Captain Canada, two Canadian championships. And if you count the PBR, it's basically three Canadian championships, but two in the CPRA, one in the PBR, two Calgary Stampede titles. You name it, he's won it. Yeah. Then we get top five. So thinking these guys got to be top five. Aaron Roy, Cody Snyder, Daryl Mills. Cody Snyder's the first Canadian ever win the world title in the bull riding, won a Canadian title as well. Daryl Mills has one of each also. Then you have Aaron Roy. He never, he's never, hasn't been to any rodeos really. Not, I, know, I think really he stopped any, rodeoing after his amateur after days. College, yeah. basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, college rodeos. So, but he's got a, almost a million dollars in career earnings in the PBR, three Canadian titles, been a member of the Team Canada numerous times. Like, I think that guy's got to be, I think he's number three. I think Cody's fourth, Daryl's fifth. But Dar- you got to go think about this too. Cody's a Ring of Honor member in the PBR. So is Daryl Mills. Daryl was one of the founding members, though. Mm-hmm. How does that? Guys. How does that fit in? Are we talking just bull riding? Are we talking accomplishments since then too? Like what you know, what might it include? I would say you have to go off the, their bull riding career. If bull we're going career. bull riders, got to be your career. Fair enough. That's fair enough. But then, where do you rank everybody else? You got a number of guys that have won three Canadian titles. Rob Bell's got three. John Dodds has three. Harry Thompson has three. Greg Slosher has three. Then another entry that I'm thinking of, you know, if we're doing a top ten, I think the Johansson brothers have to be in the top ten. They're for, like the ciders of bull riding. Yeah, basically, right? And they've all, I think, yeah, every single one of them, I believe, won a Canadian title. And uh, all but one, I believe only one. They've all been incredibly... Mm-hmm, successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the bull riding business. And they've had their school for 40 years. That has to count for something, too. I realize that we're talking just that, but yeah. in the history of Canadian bull riding, they have to be... They've, give, they've given a lot back deal. back to the game, that's for sure. Yeah. And so I shifted to being a part of their school as well now. and Everybody's know. doing their part, that's yeah. for sure. It's true. But then, like, where does a guy like Robert Bowers rank? 
he breaks his arm at the NFR, switches hands, and wins the next round. Where do you rank that guy? Justin Volts won uh, one one Canadian title once, won Calgary two times. Road outlaw. <laughs> yeah, and then you got <laughs> then you got. It's true though, but he didn't. He did. he, yeah, he did it. And then you got uh, winning those events in the Bill Ford Tough Series, which hasn't been done very often in the no. history of that. You know, you could even put like where do you where are you gonna rank a guy like Glenn Keeley too on this list? Mm-hmm. Ty Pazabon, Dakota Butter, Chad Bestplug, Greg Whitlow, Wade Joyal. Where do these guys rank? I want to know what you think. Let us know. Let us know. Get at us. Let us know you're actually listening to the podcast. Yeah. We'd appreciate it. test. Team Canada report. report. Yeah. Yeah. Six Canadians inside the top 15 this Damn. week. Oren Larson, 10th in the bareback riding. Luke Creasy, 15th. Clint Lay is 16th, just out on the outside. Curtis Cassidy had a big weekend up here. Number three, back up to number three in the Bulldog. He's got 41,000. Eh? Yeah, 40, uh, over 41,000 on the year. Scott Ginther, 15th. Zeke Thurston had a big weekend as well. He's got 45 grand, one on the year already. He's number six in the Broncraden. Nice. Clay Elliott, number eight. Carmen Pazabon, she's outside of the top 20 right now in the WPRA. Hopefully she'll get back. She's outside the top 20 now, but she'll yeah. be okay. How about those Do bull some, How about those bull rides? The, the PBR World Standings. We got in number the world. Dakota. I can't believe it's not butter. Still holding strong at 13 with $69,000 won. Nice. How many points? How many world points? He no, has a, just 1,145. Just kidding. I don't know what that means, but. Tanner Byrne? Tanner he Byrne, had? 21. Hanging in there. The cool 21. 55,000. How about sheets? How about those other guys now? Lonnie West? Yeah, he's up to what? 31? Is he 31? Brock Radford in at 31. He's oh, surging. Yeah. And then Lonnie's Lonnie surged up to 33. 33. That's huge. Look at those guys go. Ranked in the top. That's the first time Lonnie's been in the top 35. That's unreal. And then Pretty you got cool, eh? in, in the top 70, you got Cody Coverchuck in at 70. Mm-hmm. Jared Parsonage at 72. Nice. And then you got some Zane Limer hanging in there. Wazy Finkbinder's made a move up the standings now with his yep. riding. Where are those guys at? Uh, you got Zane in at 85, and Wacey is also tied at 85. Knocking at the door. They're right in there. And then Dayton Johnson stuff. at 94, and Wyatt Gleason at 98. All right. Top 100. There's your top 100. Top 100 bull riders standings. in the world. A bunch of Canadians in there. That'll wrap up our... Uh, that's it. That's, that's all. That's it for episode 14. Brought to you again by the Clooney Lions Charity Bullorama, July 2nd. Clooney, Alberta. Cooley. Be there. Cooley Creek Farms. One night only. One night only. Top bull riders and the top bulls in the country. Come wow. check it out. Wow. This has been Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Adios. Thanks for listening.